0: Now, what is a bad feeling as a pitcher is when you throw over there and it ain't close Yeah. and he's back and you, you just feel like, oh Lord. So it's very, if I'm quick to the plate, if I got a good move, if I can take advantage of inexperience, if I got a bad move, if I get the ball to home plate, I still have a chance because I'm going to get some help from the dugout. If he steals, he's got to leave when I lift my leg. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to do. Reduce attempts.
1: If you made me a pitching coach tomorrow... I'd say, okay, this is what we're working on first. Everybody's going to be quick to the plate. Because when you play teams like that, yeah. it, it's a nightmare. Yep. And if that's the easiest thing. But I think a lot of pitching coaches, and I, I, it's hard for me because I wasn't a pitcher, but a lot of pitching coaches understand there's this like, comfort level that they don't want them to be worried about being quick to the plate. But when you do play a team that everybody's a 1-1-1-2 one, 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 to the plate, we got to pick our spots wisely. You're dialed in to the ABCA's Calls from the Clubhouse podcast.
0: Connecting our coaches with some of the best baseball minds in our game. Now here's your host, Jeremy Sheetinger.
2: Broadcasting from the ABCA National Office here in Greensboro, North Carolina. Welcome back or welcome to our Calls from the Clubhouse podcast. This is your baseball coaching source for certified audio gold in the place where you come to connect with the very best baseball minds in our game we can barely hold it in episode 103 on deck and a true first over the airways we're going to bring the eternal battle between the guy on the mound versus the guy who wants to run to your earbuds we're giving this debate life on this week's show and That is our mission here at ABCA and with this podcast, we're charged with the responsibility to show up for our coaches, provide each of you a tremendous conversations that are going to challenge you across every fundamental of baseball, but also as a teacher and a learner of this great game. And I can assure you this episode will do exactly that. So just hang on. Subscribe, review, and share on your phone, your computer, your tablet. Subscribe to this podcast so you never miss another show. Leave us a review on there. Ratings are always great to see. The five-star variety are the best. And go the extra step and share this show through social media. Keep spreading the word through text groups. Reach more baseball folks with this podcast. Connect with us on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Find us at ABCA1945. You can also find me personally on PayPal. Make sure you do that ASAP. Really need some funds. You can also head over to our website, abca.org, if you're looking for more information about what our baseball coaching fraternity here is all about. Also, please feel free to reach out to me directly at CoachSheets3 on Twitter or by email Sheets, S-H-E-E-T-S, at abca.org. Hearing from guys like Coach Agnello up in New York, Adam Williams down in Georgia, and Lanny Williams out in Texas, appreciate the shout-outs on Twitter, guys. Always love seeing our coaches out and about, but finding time to check out the podcast. And then what about the couple of juniors we got? John Weinman Jr., Stephen Oswald Jr. You guys were taking classes this past week in Automobile University. We hope you pass the test. But We truly value the tweets, the messages, you guys reaching out. So please keep those coming and thank you for doing that. Proud to send a shout out to our great friends over at AstroTurf, the leaders in the clubhouse, for the turf industry and we hope that you're already following these guys on social media. You can find them at AstroTurfUSA on Twitter and one of their latest projects for display was what happened on the campus of the University of Kentucky and the images guys will take you back. You will fall back in your chair as of what they've put there on the new field there at UK and that's what the turf solution can do for your facility just like they've done for Vanderbilt and Tulane, Wichita State, Ohio State and so many others around the country. Head over to their website, astroturf.com, that's astroturf.com, and find out why AstroTurf has been ahead of the curve for over 50 years. As many of you know, here on the podcast, we're always working through new ways to deliver certified audio gold to you, and we could not be more excited to bring this one, this episode, to each of you. The battle on the base paths between the pitcher and the base runner to control the running game versus attacking it. And we look to open up the show with two of the very best in their respective levels and side of the fence on here as we connected with Larry Owens, the six-year head coach over at Division II Bellarmine University and also a friend of the podcast, Wright State University assistant and creator of stillbases.com, Matt Tallarico. They take us into their specific plans to limit steal attempts but then also blow those numbers up. Coach Owens, being a longtime ABCA member and weekly listener of the show, he's done an exceptional job there raising the expectations on campus at Bellarmine, setting the score record for wins, leading the Knights to two straight NCAA tournament appearances, and limiting their opponents, stay with me here, to one steal attempt per games played. Think about that for a second. It's just crazy. And Coach Tallarico is making his third appearance on the podcast Plus, we're prepping him for his main stage presentation in Dallas this January at our annual ABCA convention. He's in his fourth year as the assistant at Division I Wright State University and has already cemented himself as one of the premier thought leaders when it comes to creating pressure on the bases. And his offensive have shown that. They've ranked near or at the top of the stolen bases category ever since he's walked into Division I coaching. We're going to take this podcast on a journey through all the different angles that we can look at this from the pitching mound to being at first base to second base. How can we, again, control the running game yet still find a way to attack it from the base pass? Again, sending this warning across so many fronts here. You're going to need plenty of paper and you're going to need multiple pens. This is a take feverish notes for sure episode. And make sure you're familiar with the 15 seconds rewind button on your phone or your computer. You're going to need that to go back and re-listen to some of the amazing content that's going to be coming at you this week. So buckle in, coaches, as we connect with Bellarmine University's Larry Owens, representing the pitching staffs around the globe, and also Matt Talarico from Wright State carrying the torch for base dealers everywhere as both coaches join our show and are our guest on this week's Calls from the Clubhouse podcast. Get ready, coaches. This great show is coming at you right now. Coaches, thanks for dialing into our Calls on the Clubhouse podcast. What a fantastic interview we've got on deck for you today. A great opportunity to talk about attacking the running game and then defending the running game, working to control it from the mound. Now, we've got two great guys, perfect guest for this topic. I want to welcome in a longtime listener, first-time caller, the head coach at Bellarmine University in Louisville, Kentucky, Larry Owens. Larry, thanks for jumping on the call with us.
0: Thank you so much, uh, Sheets. It's a
2: pleasure. We're excited to have you, my man. you got a lot to offer. We're also going to welcome in a third-time guest on this podcast, and I know he's going to bring his A-game today, the assistant at Wright State University, Matt Talarico. Tally, thanks for jumping on the call with us.
1: Hey, I appreciate you guys having me. I look forward to this. It's going to be fun.
2: This is going to be a lot of fun. Again, we're stepping outside of our comfort zone. We're thinking outside the box, but again, a topic that comes up a lot Is obviously how do we steal bases? How do we put pressure on defenses? But then the converse side of that is how do we defend it? How do we attack it from the mound or the dugout? And so, again, looking at what you guys have done, your track records speak for themselves. And we're going to dive into a lot of that as we get going here. But where we always start our shows is the opportunity for you guys to jump on here. You got to be an ABCA member, you got to be part of what this fraternity is all about. And Larry, I want you to start this because you've got such a unique experience uh, and a lot of years of perspective coming up through the ABCA. What's that experience meant to you? the course of your coaching career, and just talk about how it's helped you grow as a coach.
0: No, it's been tremendous. It's been uh, kind of twofold, you know, two, uh, two different eras, so mm-hmm, to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, our first convention was in 94, 95. I couldn't quite narrow it down as I was thinking about it last night, but uh, I was coaching in junior college at Wabash Valley Junior College uh, in the GRAC, and uh, heck, we took a 15-passenger van, <laughs> I believe, to Chicago You know, everybody kind of doubled up, probably four to a room where we all pitched in and then paid for the room. Um, It opened my eyes to what was out there. It offers, to me, it's just opportunity. It's a ton of opportunity. It's an opportunity to learn, Mm -hmm. to network, communicate your thoughts with others, to develop. It helps with recruiting. Sometimes it's a job interview and you don't even know it. Um, It can create and solidify your philosophy on how you're going to go about things. And then now I'm kind of learning in my second round my second wave through the abca you know from an administrative level i'm going to be getting involved in some things uh, and already have been involved in some things administratively um and then you know lastly it's energizing it's, it, it kicks off the season and so it's very energizing to get in and and, and see what's going on with your peers and, and what's going on in the game and it's just yeah. it's just been a really good experience it really opened my eyes on the front end and then i was away from college baseball for about 10 years and now this is my sixth year back in and it is just uh And wow. And it's different, you know, you and you're a big part of this. And I know there's a lot of other people involved, Mm -hmm. but, um, it is, it is really, really grown, um, since my first time around. So it's, uh, it's just, it's a great organization to be involved in, you know, obviously, especially if you're a baseball coach and not even a coach, a fan or an enthusiast. I mean, you know, it's for anyone. And it's, uh, it's just a, it's been a great, you know, experience. That's
2: awesome. Thanks for opening that up, Larry. Same thing, Maddie, when you're looking at the ABCA and what's meant to you or the course of your career and, Uh, This is like maybe the second time you've had to answer this question, but let's see if you can give a great response in terms of how it's grown you as a coach, man. What's this meant, being in this fraternity meant to you?
1: Well, I'll give it it my best shot. I think, (laughs) you know, I don't know if I said this before, but my first convention was in Philadelphia. I remember it quite Mm -hmm. a bit. I can remember leading up to the convention, you know, some of my mentors that got me into coaching when they'd ask, when I'd ask if I should go, because when you first go, I mean, like Coach was mentioning, like you're saving up, your because you probably don't have a job that pays you anything. So That's you're it. You're saving up money and mm-hmm. trying to go, trying to find a hotel room and all that. And I can remember some of my mentors. I remember Mark De La Garza, who's a, a coach in Fort Wayne, told me, "Hey, look, just just go. You'll love it. You'll love everything about it." And he he was. He was so right when I went. I haven't missed one since. And I guess no. when I was thinking about answering this question this time, I guess maybe advice to maybe if you just start in coaching. Sure. Um, I had I had a guy that um, Ryan Fusey just started a job. His dad was a coach for a long time. A Great athlete, great player. Just got into coaching. He sent me a message. And said, hey, do you think this is something I should be looking into? I said, you know, without a doubt. I said, here's my advice. Go, though, I not only just go to the convention, go to the speakers, mm-hmm. see, see whoever you can see and talk to whoever you can talk to, because some of my, my best experiences wasn't, it, sometimes it's from the guy that's like the biggest name on the list, mm-hmm. but some of it's a guy that I didn't really know a lot about, and I just sat and listened to him, and I, I can remember thinking, with all the coaches leaving for lunch or for whatever, um, that man, I really, I got something here from, from this person and what you find is there are good, good coaches all over the place. Uh, um, and I, I quote it when I say the level to me, that's ridiculous because coaching is about communication and, um, there are some great coaches that get up on that stage, uh, that, that I really enjoyed sitting through. So when you go save up your money and go, but actually go, you never know what's going to click with you.
2: That's it. Shout out to Ryan Fushi for the uh, follow on Twitter a couple weeks ago. And uh, <laughs> as, as Larry will know, uh, his dad, Dom Fushi, longtime head coach at Takes Creek High School in Lexington, Kentucky, uh, is a legend in that area. And so uh, Ryan's got some some heritage in front of him he needs to follow. I know he'll do a great job. Uh, Maddie, while you're on this, man, talk about your career in baseball. I think it's always great for our listeners who, who may not be familiar with who you are or where you're coming from or where some of this information's coming from. So if you could, just outline your career in baseball and just take us through okay. each stop along the way.
1: Yeah, um, I started, actually, Mark Garza gave me my first job coaching a, a high school travel team right after college. So my last game, I think I coached a game for him the next week. And then through the that summer, I, I got an inter, a couple interviews at some some places, and I didn't really know what I wanted at the time. I knew I wanted maybe somebody to pay for my master's degree and I found a couple places like that mm-hmm. and I was lucky enough that Matt Palm hired me at Heidelberg I was at Heidelberg for two years and I went to Toledo for Corey me for a year I was with Tony Vittorio at Dayton for five and um, this will be my third head coach I've been under at Wright State and, you know Greg Lovelady then to Jeff Mercer and now Alex Sogard so mm-hmm. I've been pretty lucky with uh, the coaching tree that I've come from and you know for me that that first job was so important for me for some reason i didn't care i i i just wanted to find a fit kind of like when i chose a college and i found some place that really fit and matt palm gave me a lot of ownership uh in what i do and that's what i recommend for coaches who are getting in find somebody that's going to let you work because he let me work and he let me screw up and fix my screw-ups and you know screw up less and then fix those <laughs> screw-ups and uh Out of it came, uh, you know, what what I'm doing today with these guys and why I'm on this phone call. So I'm very appreciative to him and then to Corey Mee, who let me do some stuff. I still can't believe him and Tony V let me try some of the stuff that they let me try. But I'm so glad they did.
2: That's outstanding. Larry, I feel like we're going to have to do this for you and we're going to have to cut it. And make its own <laughs> podcast out of it. <laughs> Take us through your career in baseball, my man.
0: Goodness. Well, hey, I wanted to touch back on the ABCA real quick. Yeah. There's something I, I think it's important enough to mention. You know, it's not just about the conventions either. It's about what the ABCs. You guys have taken it to another level with the podcasts, with the Barnstormers clinics, with the Ace Community clinics, mm-hmm. with the uh, the chats on Twitter. I mean, you know, it's 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 a lot more than that. And sure. it's just there's opportunity after opportunity to. You know, to get better, to make yourself better. You know, as a coach, as a as a person, as a player. Um, so there's just a, a ton of opportunities. So it's it, awesome. you know, I, I didn't want to sell it short. It, it, yeah, the, the convention's awesome. And It's a must. You gotta you gotta go to it. But being involved with the ABCA, man, that's a lot more than just the convention to me. So I just wanted to touch on that. But yeah, I appreciate um, that. Getting to the. Career, Yeah, you got a while <laughs> here. Uh, <laughs> now, I grew up in Jeffersonville, Indiana, near Louisville, Kentucky. Played for Hall of Fame, Indiana Hall of Fame coach Don Poole. Graduated from there in 1986. Uh, attended Bellarmine University my freshman year where I met my current boss, Scott Wiegant. He also played here. He was a year ahead of me. He was a sophomore. I was a freshman. I didn't like to go to class. He did. So I had to transfer. Uh, went to Vincennes University where I played for uh, National Junior College uh, Association Hall of Fame coach Jerry Blumker. Uh, finished my sophomore year there. Um, Got an opportunity to go play in the Cape after that, which was awesome. Uh, Then went on to play at um, Armstrong State for ABCA Hall of Fame coach Joe Roberts. Um, Sadly, Armstrong State doesn't have athletics anymore, but I had a great time there. Uh, Drafted one day, graduated the next, played a season with the Pulaski Braves in 1990. Um, Then after selling Volvos for a year, I realized I wanted to get into coaching. Coached at high school for two years at at Jeffersonville High School here in Indiana. Um, when I worked my second year there, I worked for um, Indiana Hall of Fame coach, uh, Al Raby. So mm. I look at my career, I've, I've been able, to, I've been fortunate, you know, to to work and be a lot of different places. But the, the men I got to work for, you know, have, you know, if you get, you know, so I heard one of your guests say you have, uh, what is it, two, uh, two ears and a mouth for a reason. Yeah. A listen.
2: Yeah. yeah. You know,
0: you get two, of, two of one, one of the other. Listen yeah. to to what's, what's going on around you. So taking advantage of that. Um, After coaching in high school for two years, coached in junior college for two years at Wabash Valley Junior College. Uh, Spent three summers in the Northwoods League coaching. Uh, I was a pitching coach for two seasons in Rochester and managed one summer. I was there in 94 through 96. Then um, for a semester, I helped out at Southwest Missouri State as a volunteer. When Timmy Button left to go be the head coach at uh, Danville Community Mm -hmm. College, Mm -hmm. um, I I filled in there. and Then the pitching job came open at Louisville, which is my backyard, so I could be the volunteer, do the same thing at Louisville. So um, we worked it out. We got to come back home and work for Lelo Prado in his first two years at the University of Louisville. Um, Lelo Prado was, the, f- I believe, the first full-time head coach at Louisville. So things have come a long way since yeah. then, wow. a long way. So we were, you know, giving lessons and trying to scratch and claw for money. And at the same time, coach college baseball and recruit, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, got, a season, got, a, got a chance to go coach in the Cape Cod League and Falmouth for Harvey Shapiro, whom I played for. Um, he was an assistant coach when I played up there. So we got to reunite with Harvey. Uh, in Falmouth in 97, uh, coached at Austin P state for two years, um, with, uh, Gary McClure and then moved on and got, um,